Dude, I got to say thank you for writing a record that uh, is everything that's been going on in my head. Oh, really? Like, do you really want it? Like, people don't want to change them. Like, stop talking about the rest of the world. Focus on yourself. Yeah. You change you and your surroundings and, and life will be good. Stop pointing the finger all the time at everybody. Yeah. And I just feel like, <laughs> oh, he gets it. He's like writing the, the lyrics that are in my head. Like, if I could articulate <laughs> it. But, Talk to me about that a little bit and that inspiration. Like that, that's a huge problem right now. I think. Oh, I, honestly, I think that song is part of the reason we put it first was because it was um, uh, such a. I don't know. The, the time right now is such an outrage culture, and especially, you know, social media and the internet are kind of like gasoline to that fire. And uh, I just, I'm just really annoyed by it. Honestly, like I. I hate all the virtue signaling, all the moral high ground. It's like everybody's trying to act like, you know, they're saving the world by typing a sentence. And it's like, you're not actually doing anything, number one. Number two, like, uh, you know, it goes back to uh, Jesus, you know, when what was that that old classic parable to, you know, focus on the log in your own eye before you focus on the speck in your brother's eye. I and mean, it's the same thing, you know. Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's, it's music we need right now. So I, I, I appreciate you getting that out. And certainly uh, no shortage of music, man. Yeah, one thing I love about Nothing More, it's like you get a full album and, and all the little segues in between. No shortage of tunes on the album, man. Yeah, we actually had more. Um, we want, you know, it, it, for us, it's always hard to cut songs because we always have so many ideas. I mean, the, the record before the self-titled one, uh, we had about 60 songs we were working on it. And, you know, they weren't full ideas yet, but it was really hard to weed them down to even just 20. And so, yeah, we... Some of that end up on the new album? Yeah, yeah. So, um, some of the scraps that were still good ideas but didn't have a place yet, you know, a, a bigger context to fit into. Just little bits and pieces. We'd resurrect some of those, yeah. Frankenstein it together. Yeah, yeah. That's rad, man. And um, wanted to talk a little bit about the, the tour, obviously, Killer Package going out with... Yeah you guys and Breaking Benjamin and, and uh, of course Bad Wolves and Five Finger and how's the tour been going so far? Uh, amazing. Honestly, it's been better than I expected which is uh, rare for me to say about a tour. Um, the Five Finger and Breaking Ben have been nothing but cool to us. Bad Wolves has been uh, really easy to get along with and awesome because we've been sharing a lot of green rooms and stuff with yeah. them. Um, God, it's just been nothing but good vibes So and, and huge crowds. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? I, I You got to explain to everyone listening the scorpion tail. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm having a hard time spitting it out, but explain to everybody what that contraption is, how you guys built it, and, and uh, yeah, just yeah. explain it. Um, basically, uh, so I started as the drummer in the band years ago, and I didn't want to leave the drums behind, so I brought a kick drum and a snare drum up front, and we do like these little drum things with the rest of the band, and I told Daniel, our bass player, I wanted to stand on the drums, so he welded this big metal contraption around it that we call Drumtron. That's kind of the, the drum area, and so Drumtron is this giant block of metal and uh, pointy corners that I often cut myself on and he built this kind of a almost like a catapult that connects to these drums so when I'm standing on them I actually have a lever that I can pull and it launches me into the air 
you know, with my head about 20 feet above the stage. So it's a pretty high trajectory uh, or, you know, whatever standing. And then uh, I pull up this device that basically is like, we call it scorpion tail because that's kind of what it looks like. And it's kind of our pet name for it. But it's, it's a controller much like uh, if you went and saw a DJ um, remixing a bunch of music with buttons and knobs and faders. I'm doing that, but with levers and buttons on this like metal pull device. and pull, like Yeah, it's more full body rather than moving just your fingers like a right. DJ. And we're not affecting pre-recorded material. We're affecting live musicians. So what Mark is playing on guitar, what Dan is playing on the bass, and what I'm doing vocally into the mic, I'm affecting all of those at once with the levers and with the buttons. Um, so it's just a I don't know. It's a weird thing. So we, we do this uh, Skrillex, uh, a, a kind of a dubstep song, yeah. and uh, because we've always heard electronic artists remix organic music, we've never heard an organic band redo an electronic song. So flip that's what script. we wanted to flip it. Yeah. Awesome, man. And it's funny because I, I played drums as a kid too, and I do think for some reason drummers make the best singers. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, th that is true. There's something about the. I think the, the, the rhythmic backbone. Yeah, uh, like I mean, where the beat is all the way. Or, or, yeah, I don't know what there's, it is, there's what, something. What made you want to step out? Um, you know, I think I'd always caught deep, deep down, always wanted to, but was too afraid. I mean, I had stage fright. When I was a kid, I tried out for the choir didn't make it i was like one of two kids in like a class of 15 people you know oh, wow. so it as a kid it was a pretty impressionable moment i was like well singing's not for me and then i remember doing an audition for wonder bread like a commercial my okay. mom put me in because i had freckles and they wanted an all-american kid and i sure. fit this fit the uh, casting so went in and for it just scarred me something about the experience was just so scary it was like the lights went black and all these adults were yelling at me i was like seven years old and i remember just being frightened by it and so being on stage was like kind of a scary thing so the drums were kind of like my safety uh, blanket right and so i'd st as i got older and we went through multiple singers over the years um none of them quite fitting our vision like mark and dan and i always just we're on the same page like it, almost that unspoken just knew what was cool and what wasn't in our minds but right. there was always those other members that just were all on a different you know stream right. of consciousness and uh basically after like the fourth singer um who's good friends of ours uh still but just weren't clicking musically we were in mexico playing a show at cabo wabo cantina which is right. sammy, sammy hagar's Hager. club and we went out for the night, and our singer, I don't know, at the time, I was just frustrated at him. I had a bunch of tequila in me, and that liquid courage just made me come back to the hotel, and Mark was back there, and I was like, I want to sing. And he's like, and I'll never forget, he said, I know. And so he just knew that it, in me, I kind of wanted to. I was just too afraid, so. I, I got to get your take. I'm, I'm still heartbroken. You being a drummer, you being a Texas boy, but rest in peace, Vinnie Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk about any uh, interaction with him and, and what he meant to you. It's still weird. You know, any death I've experienced with somebody that we've known or has been close to us, it's like, it's always just weird. You expect them, you're like, they're not dead. They're what? They're going to show up any minute. They're going to show up any minute. What? what are you talking about, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it still feels weird, but... Um, uh, man, he he's probably, I, I think anybody would say this who's met him, you know, he's just the most positive person I've met on the road. Just very warm, very uh, seasoned, yeah. but still 
loving it. Like he still had that kind of childlike joy in there. I'll never forget, we were walking back to the buses one day. I was pretty jaded, you know, he's he precedes me by like 20 to 30 years or whatever it is. and. He's been doing it for a long time. So if anybody should be jaded, it should be him, not right. me. Right. But I was just tired, man. We'd been circling the globe a few times and stuff at home was had tension and things were just rough. And uh, I was like, I looked at him as we were walking back. I was like, man, be honest with me. I was like, do you ever get tired or want to just be home and just quit or, you know, just get away from all this sometimes because it's too much? And he's like, and he like got real serious but lighthearted you know and he looked me in the eye and he's like fucking no <laughs> he goes <laughs> he goes i fucking love this is yeah. what he said and the way he said it it was just like it like woke me up it just like slapped the, the inner child in me in the face and was like the fuck are you thinking you have the best job in the world you idiot you know like that's kind of what it felt like i was just so fatigued that i couldn't even appreciate it anymore at the time and i'll, I'll never forget that like i literally got tears in my eyes because it's like that kid yeah. in me was awake again it was it was uh pretty crazy kind of a verbal backhand <laughs> yeah um yeah. just a curious uh do you have a favorite pantera song um, to be honest, when I grew up, I actually wasn't around Pantera much. Oh, okay. Just the, I, I guess my friends or are. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah or, um, I, but I, I started listening to Pantera recently. Okay. Um, and I've never been one for song names, but uh, God, we had the DVD on in our bus like two tours ago. And I was like, seeing them, that's when I was like, whoa this band was heavy like it, it, it's different than like you know because i started listening to them well after their peak right. you know so music had evolved uh, technology had evolved and so you, you kind of listen through different ears and right. but then when i saw them i was like wow this is so much heavier than stuff nowadays a lot of um anyway but getting back to it there was a song god it was it Cowboys from Hell was yeah. an album or was that a song? a song? Okay, that's the one. Yeah. I think that's the one. Sweet. Let me uh, get you a one, two more things real quick. I appreciate all the time. You know the big four of metal? I remember hearing about that thrash metal. They called it the big four. It was Metallica, Slayer, yes. Anthrax. I think it said four words. Yeah. Four, yes. The big four. Yeah, yeah. So it got me thinking about music and being a radio guy and going, okay, if that's if that's like 80s thrash, let's, let's look at the next big movement, taking it to the 90s, and I call it the flannel five so i'm curious ah. from you out of the flannel five who would be your favorite and and in the oh. flannel five is nirvana pearl jam stone temple pilots okay. Soundgarden, yeah. alice in chains um for me Soundgarden. yeah that's my favorite rest in peace yeah yeah now he was amazing uh yes yeah, there's been a lot a lot of losses oh. in the last two years <laughs> it's crazy uh, what do you love about Soundgarden? Is it all just Chris Cornell and come down to his? No, you know it's not just him. Uh, I, even though he he was is who kind of what caught my ear originally when I was a kid. I remember going to the next door neighbor's house and I was kind of sheltered at the time. My parents kind of only let me listen to safe music. You know, right, right. they kind of controlled it for the first few years of my music listening, and so. It like Soundgarden and and some other bands like Smashing Pumpkins were like kind of smuggled to me by right. friends, you know. And uh, I remember going over and hearing uh, uh, Spoonman for the first time, and I was like, "What is this?" And then uh, I think it, it was the the time changes just uh, and all the the musicality was just different. They they were obviously 
looking at musically different than differently than a lot of other bands and uh, there was something dark about it that I really liked like Black Hole Sun just had this I, I think that's still my favorite song of theirs even though it's hard to pick one yeah, that's a jam, and and such a dark, like brooding song. Yeah, and, and and I think Chris Cornell, if you had to pick, like, a, what was the word, like, a, a, the rock singer, like the voice of a rock singer, Chris Cornell's gotta be like, right up there in the top three, you know. Not only did he have the voice, but the looks too. Like, I mean, yeah, he just he's that, what you would imagine a rock <laughs> star to look and sound like. Yeah. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios,